0: Each morning we say the Elochaina Shema. My God, the soul that you gave me is pure. You gave it to me and you'll take it back from me one day. But now, while I'm alive, I give it over to you. While I'm alive, fully dedicated to do your purpose and your mission. And it is with this morning preparation of a serious of giving oneself over to God that one should now begin to say the daily blessings. Elochaina Shama comes before the daily blessings because it sets the tone. And it is with this preparation that a person should begin a regular daily Torah study after davening. That's the optimal time to study each day after davening in the morning. And so too, in the course of the day, you need to make this preparation, at least before you begin to study, even though you'll not be able to maintain it during the study when you'll be focusing on the content of the text, since, as we know, that... For the regular person, for the Beinani, when they're in the learning, they can't focus on God and the learning at the same time. So it's only important to have it at the beginning of the learning, to remember, I'm doing this for God, I'm doing it to dedicate myself for God. How do we see an illustration in Jewish law that intention just at the beginning is enough? For example, when a sofer, a scribe, is writing a Torah or a divorce document... They just have to say at the beginning of the writing that I'm doing this for the sake of the Torah, for the sake of the divorce, and then they don't have to think about it while they're actually writing it. However, if you study for a very long period of time, it's not sufficient to have the intent just at the beginning. Every once in a while, you have to refresh it. At least once, once per hour, says the Tanya. Otherwise, a person could forget, forget that they're serving God. A person has to remember, Hisham Aleicha, remember, take heed, and remember who you're doing this for. Because every hour, there's a different flow of energy from the upper worlds to the lower worlds. And therefore, you have to, each time, just plug in to the various energy of the hour now, your whole intent in giving yourself over to God in Torah and mitzvahs is to lift the spark of godliness that's within you back to its source by Hashem. And this should be done with one purpose, only to give God a feeling of satisfaction. Not for your gratification to unite with God, but that's what Hashem wants. As we mentioned in analogy in chapter 31 of the king's joy, when his only son comes back to him from prison, released from captivity, so too, when we imagine Hashem's joy, when we release our soul from the captivity that it's within our body, and we allow it to flow back to its source, to godliness, at that moment, the pleasure Hashem has is incredible. Now, for every soul in Jewish people, this intention is completely genuine and authentic even though it seems beyond our capacity. At every time, at every moment, even if you're not sure that your intentions are genuinely selfish, since it comes from the innate love of the soul which we inherited from our ancestors. Only one shouldn't be satisfied with inherited love, but as we've said many times throughout Tanya, a person should schedule sessions to contemplate Hashem's greatness as to retain a reverence and a love for Hashem generated from the mind. And then, perhaps, with all this effort, they'll be successful in achieving it. Now, chapter 41 is a very powerful chapter, which we're wrapping up. It talks about the role of love, talks about the role of awe, how awe references the foundation of the text of, of, of serving Hashem, and how love is important, and when to have it, and how to have it, and the various levels of having it. We've spoken about many, many, many um, ideas, uh, how to make sure it's sincere, um, how to have a private intention, and to have a collective intention with the Jewish people. So, in some ancient texts, the Tanya, in the earliest manuscripts of the Kotei Marm. The book ends here, so some people can, uh, you know, have the conjecture that the preprint version of Tanya's had various phases, and phase one was just book one to forty one, and then it, it added on chapters later. So in many ways, what we just completed is a almost the Tanya's worldview, but we're not finished. We still have another twelve chapters in part one. And then we have four more parts of Tanya that we're going to go do together.